This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and co-host and with me is Mike Gregg. This is another Q&A with Mike, and in this episode, we'll be once again discussing your questions submitted to the Cottage Talk Twitter and Facebook pages. Top of that, I also have my own topics for Mike. And one other thing, we do have some breaking news, which we'll be sharing in just a second. But before I do that, I have to bring Mike back on the show. Mr. Gregg, how you doing? Hi, Russ. Yeah, doing well. Looking forward to uh, doing the show. Another quiet time for Fulham. So That's right. Very quiet. Sure, <laughs> rattle through this in five minutes. But, uh, but yeah, no, looking forward to it. And having been at Burnley at the weekend and all the fallout from that and what's happening today. So, uh, yeah, lots to talk about and hopefully some good questions from the uh, listeners. I think we've got a, a good amount of questions for you, Mike, and we'll get to that in a bit. Like I said, I have my own as well, but we have to start with the breaking news as we're recording this. It's on the Fulham website. I'm actually looking at my app, and uh, it's entitled Babel Signs for Fulham. The club is delighted to announce the signing of Ryan Babel on a permanent transfer from Besiktas with a deal running until the end of the season. Okay, Mike, I've seen speculation about this I want to say since the weekend. What what are your thoughts about the signing of this player? Yeah, it's a, an interesting one. Um, you know, I don't know. We can talk about the sort of bigger picture later on, I'm sure. But, I mean, the main thing is he is actually something we are missing, which is what I would consider an out-and-out winger. Um, exactly. You've talked about this. Yeah, our crossing is is not the greatest. And if you're working with... You know, Christie uh, on one side, uh, meant to be getting across. He had the ball a lot against Burnley, but um, not much at the end of it. And, you know, and Brian on the other side, or even the other players, you know, even people like Cabano and Aiti, are they wingers as such? I'm, I'm not convinced. So I think, uh, you know, this fits Ranieri's sort of uh, view, what he wants. He wants someone to get the crosses into. Uh, Mitrovic, of course, Babel can also play up front. Um, he has played in in England as well, so fits all that. The fact that we seem to have signed him on a permanent till the end of the year means we're not using a loan position up. Um, so that's good. I don't think he's exactly the marquee signing that a lot of fans wanted and certainly not a defender, which uh, most of us agree we want. But right. it's, let's hope it's the... The first one um, in this transfer window, which, uh, you know, and there's probably, we probably need at least three in total. Um, but how much they're going to spend, what the targets are, even the age group, you know, uh, will be interesting. And uh, I'm sure it's going to come up in conversation this evening. I have a funny feeling it might, Mike. And uh, listen, does the age bother you? Actually, this is encouraging for me because. I know that we've talked about this in the past, that there is 
speculation that there's a policy of signing players, say, 28 or 29 or below. Well, Ryan Babel is 32 years old. And uh, so for me, I am like the fact that they signed someone w- with experience. And as you said to me several times, he fits a need. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think personally we can throw out any sort of uh, plans on age or any sort of, you know, football style or anything. It's quite clear that, um, you know, the number one job is to stay up and they're going to do that. You know, we've gone from the Yukanovic beautiful style of passing football to something a bit different. Um, and, uh, you know, so any kind of age ranges, I think they're chucked out. I mean, we are missing uh, experienced players, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah, players like K-Mac and, and those kind of guys, but they're not near, he's not near the team. And, uh, you know, Premier League experience as well is, is important. So I think for this window, I don't think there's any age cap on uh, any signing i'm there with you mike and it's funny if this is just a short-term situation so be it you know um have them come in and do a job and uh that's what i'm looking at right now but i think um and as i was talking to Giannis last night mike i think what was bothering him was that all the talk about babbles well we need defenders i think that's might be some of the I guess you could say a little bit of a backlash when it comes to Babel, that he's not the defender that they need right now. He's a winger. Yeah, but we're, um, you know, we need strengthening throughout the team. So, uh, you know, today's Tuesday. We've got a game Sunday. There's still time to bring in a defender uh, or two. I know we've been linked for Kale. That looks like that's gone really cold. Yep. you know, and that could be a wages thing. That could be Kale just waiting for a better offer. Um, you know, that that's to be seen. Or maybe priorities and targets have changed following uh, Saturday's loss. So uh, I'm sure a defender will come in, or at least two. I hope and, so. Uh, you know, whether it's this week or next week, I'm sure by the end of the month they will be. Okay, very good, Mike. All right, let's get into my questions for you, and then I'll go to the questions from the phone supporters. And my first one is this. I I did a show recently with uh, Scott Tanfield and Emilio. And one of the things that I brought up was the blame pie. And the percentage, which was the lowest, was on ownership of the blame of why Fulmer in this situation. But I'm curious your thoughts on ownership. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that Shah Khan deserves the, the least amount of blame when it comes to the situation Fulmer in? Um, I mean, I, I did see your poll and, you know, I, I wasn't really a fan of it. Um, I know. Because I don't, think, I don't think you can blame one person. Uh, I don't think you can blame, you know, even two. It's, it's, a, it's a team effort from, sure. from the top to the bottom. Um, but because it's just a complex set of issues. But if you're going to, if anyone's not to blame, then it probably is uh, Shai Khan. He's, made, he's had two decisions to make. I believe, this season. One is, how much were we going to spend in the summer? And we ended up spending more than I expected. So you've got to praise him there. And the second decision was over Jokanovic. And I, I still am torn by that decision. I, my, my head says he lost seven in a row, six league games and a cup game. Performances... Yes, against Liverpool, it was a better performance, but that came a week after possibly the worst performance of the year. So you can understand why he made the change. You can understand why Claudio got the job as well. And um, so they're the two decisions he's really had had to make. There's possibly a third, which a lot of people are talking about, and that's about his son still being... Director of football should yep. should he make a decision there? Um, but for me, the two decisions he's done, and, and we're going to have to see, you know, if he comes through with uh, with any money in this transfer window. But um, no, I, I I don't think you can blame him, or if you want to give someone the least blame, uh, then yeah, I think sh- the actual chairman has uh, probably done as much as he could. Um, the only other decision he would have, he could have made was 
not to sack Jukanovic, but you know, no one knows how that would have played out. Right. And that's why I wanted to bring this up to you, Mike, because I've said this, that um, an owner, I just want to make sure for, for me that he spends money, you know, if he spends money and, and does what he wants to show his intentions, then I'm all for him. And that's exactly what he's done. So that's why I don't put most of the blame. I put the least amount with him. And that's kind of why I wanted to pose that to you. All right, let's move on. Let's now talk about a little bit about Tony. I'm curious your thoughts on this. People have reached out to me about this newest venture that he's doing with um, wrestling. So what are your thoughts about him having these other interests besides being the director of football for Fulham? Okay, I mean, there's one one thing here is we just spoke about the owner and his son is the director of football. You know, they are the custodians. He's used that word himself yep. of club. And if he feels that this is the best way to run the club, there's there's not a lot we can do about it. But then as fans, you know, we are invested in whatever team you support, be it NFL team, baseball team, but a football team. And we, lots of us live and breathe this club every minute of the day and we invest 100% of our time outside of work and, and home life if you like right. um, and you want to see employees of a club do that as well so Tony Khan has this you know I'm not even sure what the title is now but you know he's vice chair direct, director of football and there seems and he has these other ventures you know the wrestling one he's just launched which I think and I did tweet, you know, the timing is appalling. You know, if we were doing well, if it was last January, no one would have batted an eyelid, really. Dude, but bad timing, launched, Mike. I totally agree. Launched it in the middle of a transfer window when everyone everyone wants to know he's at Mossford Park or the cottage doing his best to bring people in. But that then takes me to the next point is we don't really know what he's meant to be doing or doing on a day-to-day basis. So he's head of statistics where well, you can do that anywhere can't you you can do that in another part of the world and you can delegate how much work does he delegate you know we talk about the stats that are produced and the, the, the reports well brian talbot is there as well I, I wonder if a lot of this is collated put on tony's desk he looks at everything takes advice is happy with it and then passes it on to say alistair or something to do a yeah. deal or take it to the manager i i don't know because to, you know a couple of years ago lucky enough to talk to tony meet him you know converse with him now and again on uh, on twitter but no one really knows his day-to-day um work that he does at fulham or for fulham when he's in florida or elsewhere and i've i've said to the club in meetings and numerous occasions you really need to do a a, a film, a, a small film, uh, or take some senior fans in, show them around how all of this whole process, director of football, the stats, the scouting, everything. You know, we're not going to give away any trade secrets or anything. Right. You said this people, before, Mike. Yeah, people just want to understand the process. Just a little so, transparency. Uh, yeah. Now, I... Now you can multitask. Lots of these, you know, lots of successful businessmen do. Um, but there is a feeling that you know Tony is just there at the transfer window. Now I know he isn't. I know he's taken an interest in November, October, November. But wh- what's he doing? Is he talking to clubs? Is he? I doubt very much if he's the person who goes and talks to clubs. So he's not doing that. So if he could explain to fans exactly what his role is what Brian's, Talbot's role is, what right. and 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 then show the hours required, you know, the working time that he has to do to do that job, then we might be able to have a bit more sympathy with or understanding that, oh, okay, so he has got time to go and launch this. He has got time to, um, you know, work with the NFL team. I mean, that's another thing. There's, I get some people say he's, oh, he's, you know, Jacksonville, he's busy there. He's always doing stats. He's, you know, he's heavily involved. And then I get other people say, well, he's not really. He's vice president or something. And uh, um, but he's not really that heavily involved there. So 
no one knows. And all we want, we want to see 100% investment in our in our club, right. time-wise, by its employees. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like that. And actually, it isn't like that because he is doing these other jobs. Yep. So explain how you do it. And, and that's Obviously all delegating, like. Mike. Well, yes. Yeah, and I said to you, I think, on the last show or maybe two shows ago, the best thing he could do is to bring in a name that would be an appeasement, absolutely an appeasement, I know that. But someone who is a figurehead which the fans would recognise as someone has given advice to, to Tony or working in conjunction with him. Not above him, you know, you know, but below him or to the side, whatever. Um, but everyone feels that's what we need, just that extra um, person to bounce things off. And he would win himself, you know, a lot of credit for doing that. And, you know, we've seen him get angry with a, a fan. Well, we're going to talk about uh, that in a second. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You know, at the weekend. So, you know, tension tension is there and um, frustration. I'm sure, you know, everyone's under a lot of pressure. And, um, yeah, it's uh, – so I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, you know, it's uh, – I don't know what he does on a day-to-day basis and no one else does apart from himself. Yeah, well – it's a good point, Mike, and uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have Tom Coughlin, who if you watch Jaguars games, you'll see Tony Khan sitting next to Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin is a football legend, NFL football legend, I should say, and I think it was a smart move bringing him into the Jaguars organization. I think they could do something similar to Fulham, like you're saying, Mike, that would appease everyone and also help Tony Khan a bit as well. So I'm there with you on that. But listen, I have a question. I think this is a good time to bring up a question from a film supporter that you know well, Roger Lewis, because it involves Tony. I think this is a good point to um, to bring it in. So this is what Roger wrote on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. Is it right that Con Jr. is being singled out with abuse? Is our present situation a combination of ownership, managers, coaches, and players? Now, you've already talked about this, that it is a combination. So what are your thoughts about this? And then we can also talk about what's been going on with Tony, the situation on Twitter that happened over the weekend as well, because there is this back and forth. I mean, it is a fan's prerogative to um, <laughs> to blame people, to, to shout, you know, you swear. But it, there's levels, isn't there? And it's how you deal with it. And Tony right. has been... Um, Tony has had people have a go at him um, in person at a game recently and online. Um, but then, you know, if you are on social media and you are putting yourself forward, I think one of the most important things from a, forget Tony Khan, but, you know, from a business that goes on Twitter, from individuals who go on Twitter um, from a certain position, they need to be consistent in what they say. So you don't want a business that will just tweet good news or reply to comments which are which praise them. You want, uh, I think, you know, if you want to have a conversation, then you need to be consistent. So you should be there when we lose. You should be there when we win. Um, I certainly don't agree, you know, with uh, physical danger or, you know, certainly some of the language that has been used. But... It is the world of social media, and if you're not comfortable with that, then you then you shouldn't be on it. Um, I agree I with that. Say, you know, um, so is it right he signalled out? Well, he, sing, he singled out because he, in in many ways, Tony has put himself forward and said, "I'm in charge of uh, transfers, stats, whatever." And we got promoted last year. These are all the players I signed. Uh, didn't I and didn't we do great? Brilliant. Well, we're not doing great. And a lot of the signings from last year have not um, produced what we thought they would do. So Tony is clearly a target. And that goes back to, to what I said a few minutes ago is, you know, he's seen as someone without the football experience. What does he do? He's over in America. He's got two jobs. So he's opening himself up for all of this, rightly or wrongly. And... Um, so, 
yeah, he will be the target. And, you know, we're, we're near the bottom of the league, but you're not seeing Shahid Khan um, get that sort of vocal abuse. You know, he's not at games as often, admittedly. Um, but, you know, so Tony is the figurehead. It depends, you know, I've been going 41 years now, so sometimes I will be disgruntled against the manager, sometimes I'll be disgruntled against the uh, the owners, and um, you have to look at everything in the whole. Uh, yeah. I never, I didn't agree with the Jukanovic out stuff a year ago, and that was interesting because a year ago it was Jukanovic out, wasn't it? <laughs> Not a year ago, maybe 14 months ago, it was Jukanovic out, wasn't it, before he turned the team round? That's right. And that wasn't that wasn't aimed at Tony. There wasn't much Jukanovic out this year before he got the sack, but there's certainly been disgruntled fans online and uh, in person at the ground, you know, talking about the transfers. And, you know, while some people doubt Claudio as the right person for the job and certainly with a change of style, the, the consistent thing is Tony. So it Tony is. has to, in some ways, accept that's what's going to happen. But I did also tweet today, you know, other rumours coming out of the club and it's just like, you know, we all have, we're in a terrible position and we have to put some differences away and, and, and work together as a club and unite the management, the players and the fans um, to see if we can get out of this mess. Yeah, I agree with that, Mike. And uh, listen, um, Tony is the face right now of Fulham Football Club, his position. I know his father is the owner, but it really he has put himself, you know, on the forefront because of his position. You know, again, like you said, he tweets out things, and then, of course, you know, things go back and forth with him. And if, you know, he listened to me, I would say stay off of Twitter. That would be my advice. You know, stay off of Twitter totally. <laughs> Don't tweet at all. Either because, again, uh, you're, you're good, you know, you got to accept the, you know, if you're going to accept the praise, Mike. You also have to accept the criticism. That's my only thing about all of this is that, you know, and that's why if you're going to be upset about the criticism, I, I would say get off Twitter. That's what I would do. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I converse with Tony, maybe not publicly, but certainly uh, a few DMs occasionally yep. on Twitter. I, I think it's good he's on Twitter. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it needs to be consistent and you – right and, and and you have to have a fixed skin on Twitter. You absolutely. do. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I get trolled a little bit. I get some abuse thrown at me. I just block them, you know, or mute them, and I don't see them. And that's the best thing to do. Um, and, you know, he told a fan to go to hell at the weekend. Um, now that fan may have said stuff at him before in the past, and you know, I do know that person's um, relative uh, quite well. Um, but I don't, personally, I don't think it's acceptable for the chairman, vice chairman to turn around and tell fans to go to hell. Um, no matter what's been said, you have to rise above it. Take the moral high ground. Don't, um, you don't lower yourself uh, to those kind of levels. And, and yes, I see what gets said to him and it must be, it will be really horrible to read at times. But you really can't go around telling your own fans to go to hell because that is it's a slippery slope. It just builds and you end up looking at teams like, you know, like Blackpool, for example. Um, you have the terrible owners. You have Blackburn issues as well. So you know, there's lots of clubs. We're very lucky with the Khans. Yes, um, I think we are. You know, I, you know, and again, as owners of the Fulham Football Club, I think – they have been very good owners. I'm talking about owners. We could talk about transfers all we want, but when it comes to spending money and, and taking care of the club, I think they are doing the right things, Mike, and not in the same category as the other clubs you just mentioned. But for Tony's sake, that's why I keep going back to this. If, if this is going to bother you so much, because I see it. I see some of the vitriol, and it's bad. Then get off Twitter. You know, I know you, you know, I see what you're saying. You're giving him credit for going on Twitter. It's, but then you have to have a thick skin. You know, yeah. you have to take the good with the bad when it comes to Twitter. You do. And if he has a personal history with this particular person, um, then it would have been better for him to mute him or. Exactly. Just block, block him. him or mute him. Yeah. But he's, you know, he shouldn't have said that. Um, yeah. But, you know, 
what's what you post on Twitter is seen forever, isn't it? Sometimes it is. It is, Mike. Okay, very good. All right, I have another topic for you. This is something that, again, I'm still puzzled by. I've heard so many different versions of what this could possibly be. This is just speculation. So I want to get your thoughts of all the rumors involving Abubakar Kamara. Obviously, he wasn't in the 18 at the match. I kind of got a heads up. I saw it in, in several places, rumors of what had happened. I still don't know what happened. What do you make of this mess? For me, this is not good at all because teams at the bottom, this is what happens to teams. This is what tears teams apart. And this, to me, is a very bad sign, whatever has happened with uh, Abubakar Kamara. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know really what's happened. I've had a couple of people tell me, potentially, uh, you've seen K-Mac come out on Instagram. I saw that today. Saying that the, the punch-up between, you know, Mitrovic and Kamara didn't happen. And so, so who knows? Well, but clearly no one said he's injured. Uh, he wasn't in the squad on Saturday. Um he upset Claudio with the penalty incident. If he's done something wrong again, then I suspect he'd be out on his ear, which is a real shame. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of fans don't particularly like Kamara, but I think uh, pace and strength he gives us and being unpredictable the way he is, I think he's uh, he's an asset to us. And I'd rather have him in the match day squad than not at all. So um, I hope there's a way back for him if, if there has been an incident. Um, but we will have to wait and see. Um, I think he's an asset that they won't sell. Um, if he's fallen out with Claudio, who's to say Claudio would be here beyond the summer? True. So, um, I, I suspect if he's going to go in January, it would just be on a loan because they'd want to keep him. He's yeah. on a long contract, so there's no reason to get rid of him. Okay. It's a very... Uh... Bad situation, and uh, this has been going on since the weekend, and I keep seeing stories about it. Like I, you've get contacted people telling you one thing. I've had three different people tell me different stories, so I don't know what to believe. <laughs> all I know is it's not good. That's all I know. Uh, it, it's not good. All right, Mike, one final topic, and then we'll go specifically to all the questions for you because we have a good amount of them. And this is something that Giannis and I discussed on the uh, full-time show. So I'm curious your thoughts, and th this is what we were talking about. We discussed options for the club in the January transfer window. One of them was having a fire sale. And what we mean by that is selling some of your best players to maximize the return now. And I'm not saying the club should do it. In fact, I know the club isn't going to do it because Tony Khan on Twitter on Saturday, um, paraphrasing what he said, he kind of made it clear that's not the direction that they're going. But it just got me to think, because I wanted to ask you your thoughts on this, because it's common here in America um, when teams are out of it to potentially try to just get rid of players to get money in to maximize your return. I don't know if it's the right thing or the wrong thing. I'm just posing it to you with the situation that they're in. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so coming back from uh... – Burnley, I was in the back of a car for three and a half hours, so I had a little bit of time to put my thoughts together and tweet it out. So, um, And one of them was, for me, that was it. Um, we're we're right. going to go down. Um, yes, it's still possible to stay up. There's, there's a few ways around it. But my main message was, you know, points-wise, what we need to do, even performance-wise, although we were... Decent in the second half. We were the better side. Um, I just can't see us getting the 34, 35 points we need, I believe, uh, to stay up. So um, I think the club has to make a decision. Um, we've seen a sign-in today. Yep. Uh, we've been linked with people like Cahill, Drinkwater, you know, expensive wages, expensive transfer fees. And I think the club have to decide, are we going to go for broke? Are we going to try and bring in and spend quite a bit of money this January to try and find a way to stay up? There's a middle of a road route, which is you could argue is, a, is Babel uh, and other yep. players like that. 
players on short-term contracts, probably probably higher wages, decent you know decent wages, um, to see whether that makes a difference. But because they're on short-term, if we go down, it's not a problem. If we went the first route of spending money and buying players like drink water and that kind of thing, and they're on like 100k a week, and we get relegated, we we cannot carry 100k a week wages from anyone. Yep. So I just can't see us going down that route. I can see us doing this second, this sort of middle road okay. uh, with these lower ones. Or the other way is probably what I would do is maybe bring in a couple of players, couple of or look at players who are maybe lower end of Premier League, uh, top end of Championship, uh, and and but look at them on the basis that we might stay up, but if not, they're going to be decent in the uh, league below, and their wages are not going to kill us. Um, and so, partly doing that as well is possibly you have to make the decision on the key players, which are Mitrovic, Sessionon, um, TC. I mean, they're yeah. They're three key players um, who, arguably, at top rate, you're going to get over 100 million pounds for. It's right. unlikely. We're going to, it's unlikely we're going to get that at the moment. Um, but if I said to you, we're going to get relegated, I'll, if I was one of the other Premier League sides and I came along to Fulham and said, I want to buy a Mitrovic, Session on, and, and TC, and I'll give you 100 million pounds for all three of them. I'd be sorely tempted, I'd have to say. Right, because, right. And that's kind uh, of where Giannis was going on this. I don't want to speak for him, but he was just throwing it out there that this is something that, you know, he, he was going based on the speculation with the offer from Metro in China, you know, and and that's tempting in itself. And apparently, according to the speculation form, said no to that. But at some point, you know, next few weeks, do you consider it? If the, the money is that much, like you said, would you be tempted, Mike, because of the situation that we're in? Because I keep hearing from fans, we need to prepare for the championship. I'll do it right here and say, well, if you want to prepare for the championship, then maybe you should sell some of your top players so you have all this money coming in. That should be part of the equation, I think. If you want to fully prepare for the championship, it's not just buying championship players. It's also having money that you – you know, available to you when you do go down. Well, yeah, uh, and it's also, I mean, no club is going to do it. I can't think of a club that has done it, but um, at Premier League level, but uh, certainly not when they're in a position where you might, you, you've got a chance of staying up. And, yeah. and it would take a, it would take a bold decision. And, um, you know, you're, you are thrown in the towel. You're saying, well, we're going down. So right. let's bank this money now. Uh, for the summer, it would allow us to keep maybe uh, some of the other higher wages. You know, because when we got relegated, our wage bill was somewhere around 70 million last time. We get relegated now, I expect our wage bill to be somewhere in the region of between 70 and 75 million. Right. And and last year in the in the championship, although we haven't got the right figures, I suspect it would have been around about 30. So we we know how tough it is FFP wise. Yep. You know parachute payments are over three years now. You really have to get back in the first year. We've seen Villa the mess they're in. Um, so 100 million pounds basically bankrolls you for next year, gives right. you some money. So I would also you need to draw. They would need to draw up a proper plan. So you say. Okay, K Mac, we want you here next year. Johansson, right. we'd like you to stay as well. If you if you want them next year, you know Brian, you've got a left back there. Christie would be good enough for the for the championship. Ream, you know, a lot of these guys fought hard to get promotion last year, and they they can see their future now back in the championship. But there's a reason, in some ways, why they were in the championship anyway, because right. they're probably championship players. That's their level. Yeah, that's the yeah. level, Mike. So yeah, so I was just going to say, you know, they are very good championship players, potentially okay Premier League players, the majority of them, 
And I'm sure if we were doing a little bit better, yeah, we'd be getting away with things. We may be, you know, fifth or sixth from bottom. But that's their levels, apart from these three guys who are the, yep. who are the business. Um, you know, Siri is a good player. I know he's getting lots of stick as well, and he's maybe another one. But I would have thought he's more for the summer. Um, and Angusa too. Yeah, well, I would actually keep Angry in Greece. Okay. I would, I would. Yeah. No, I think uh, he owes us in some ways, <laughs> and you know, you can't. Well, you can't throw no, you everyone can't, out. No, obviously, Mike. You, I'm just naming players that have value. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, but I mean, that's it. Has to be a proper plan. Of, yeah. This is what we're looking at next year. So then the question arises. The question then goes to uh, Claudio: Is are you going to stay with us? Right. You know, or do or do we would we want him in the championship? So that it raises so many questions. But I think they, you know, I would hope you would hope the club are thinking about every option. But well, in all honesty, that was my point, Mike. Ever. That was Giannis's point: is that are they considering everything? That's all. I don't think they are at the moment. I think they're working to. I don't think they're going to splash loads of cash because the odds are we're going to go down. So they're going to follow this middle route. Yeah. Unless unless we get a you know, massive bid for someone, which we just cannot ignore, then um, you know, I think we'll stick with the same squad. Their values okay. will go down in the summer when we get Right, and that's also and... my point too, is that this is when they're probably at their highest. That's the only reason why, you know, again, I would throw it out there to, just to think about, I'm not saying sell all of our players. I'm just saying, you know, should they consider it on the situation that they have, that it's going to be very difficult to stay in this division. And, you know, as I said, people are saying, hey, we need to prepare for the championship. And this is a way to prepare for the championship. I know people don't want to hear about selling our best players, but, you know, we are going to need money. So I'm just throwing it out there. But, but Mike, real quick, and then I want to go, go to the questions because you brought this up as well. I don't think that they're going down this route at all. I, I don't think they're going to do it. But if they did do it, because this would be throwing in the towel, then fans would come back to them. Even, you know, would come back to them and say, well, the, they have no ambition, right? So they can't win either yeah. way here. No, I mean, the reason I – it would be for the greater good. It would be for the right. long-term thing. But, I mean, I, I had a conversation online yesterday with someone about this, and um, it's – it's a, the collective, it's the, the, the ownership, the players and the fans understanding that this is the route we're taking. Um, team like Burnley, who almost went bust, have been promoted three times, um, relegated twice or, or whatever it is over the last 10 years. They've gone up, right. come down, gone up, come down. Now, they went bust years ago. And so the, the club, its ownership and, and the fans accept that they're not going to ever really push the boat out wages-wise or transfer fee-wise to levels which are unacceptable or could put the club in danger again. So, you know, they came up, they went down, they went back up, they stayed up for a couple of years, they're struggling this year. You know, so they understand that that is their kind of level at this time. Fans get impatient. They want you to spend more and more money. But, you know, I think... Fans have to play their part in this and accepting, you know, if we'd got promoted, like, if we'd come up, not spent a penny um, or just a few million quid, everyone would have been moaning, you know. But if the if the ownership had said at the time, look, we're going to come up, we're going to work within our means, we will bring in some players, we're not going to spend £100 million, pounds though, um, maybe 40 whatever. We'll see how we do. Uh, we want to stay up. That's our target. If we come back down, we've got a solid base to come back up again. You, you bank some money. Yep. It gives you a bit more of a, a buffer. You build the team a bit more and you, you go back up again. I think if that's the message and it's explained in the right way, then a, a fan base can accept that. So it's, it's all about message um, and what the targets are. Um, and we've, because we didn't stay true to the philosophy of the football, um, we, you know, by removing Yukanovic, rightly or wrongly, right. every, every, you know, the message there wasn't explained to us in some ways. You know, Ranieri is just about staying up. That's it. 
forget nice football, we're not interested anymore. We did all that for two years. Let's just stay up. Um, and that's confused the fans. Now you've got some fans who wanted us to play long ball, didn't like Yukanovic's style. They've got it, and now they're still moaning. So, you know, <laughs> it, there is no no win situation. No, there, there isn't, Mike. <laughs> it, it is about, you know, everyone will try their best to stay up. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And I, I understand be, that, but I just wanted just to throw it out there, and Giannis wanted to throw it out there, just the different scenarios that maybe they should think about. And we're not saying do, we're just saying think about because – of the situation that they're in. This is where they are, Mike, like you said, and and I agree with your thoughts on this because you study the numbers. You know how difficult this is. Can they get out of it? Yes, but it's going to be extremely difficult. So this is what's in front of you. So then you have to think, here are our options. And, and you see the middle ground is potentially the way that they're going to go. So We'll see because the Ryan Babel situation sounds like a middle ground, like you said, Mike. We'll see what else they follow that up with, and uh, it'll be an interesting January transfer window. But let's go to some questions, and some of them are obviously going to go with what we've been talking about. This is from Kevin Hudson on the Cottage Talk Facebook page, Mike. This is what he asked for you. Did the club have a three- to five-year plan previously in place? To me, we got promoted with a team of loanies, and some players not quite equipped for the Premier League. Unlike Wolves, for example, who just added some quality, but haven't ripped the team up. Um, yeah, Kevin's, Kevin's question on a plan. I'm, I'm not sure we have a three- to five-year plan uh, as such. Um, I think if we, well, if we go down, then I think the club should consider what we were just talking about, you know, yep. the sort of uh, the slow build um, instead of throwing... Uh, loads of mud at the wall, which is pretty much what we did. Um, I think Wolves is a real difficult one. Everyone keeps banging on about Wolves. The fact is they've bent the rules in in their own way by aligning themselves with an agent. With Mendes. Who, Mendes, yeah. who got players from abroad to play at a lower level in the championship than they should have done. They should have been playing in top-level leagues. And by doing that, has allowed them to be promoted, and they're doing well. And so a lot of them were made permanent in the summer, but they bent the rules in doing it. You know, certainly wasn't a, a sporting way of doing it. You could say that they've been very clever by doing that. Um, but let's say that happened at Fulham. So you get lots of criticism of uh, of Tony and the stats and everything else. But if we went down the route of having one agent and we got all our players through that agent, that means there's a whole job lot of players we never, ever will be able to sign. Um, would fans be happy with that? I'm not convinced they would be. Yeah. But, uh, but to answer Kevin's initial point, no, I don't think there is a three- to five-year plan. But there okay. should be if we get relegated. If we get relegated there should be. I totally agree, Mike. Uh, it's funny because Ian Fenton has something on these wavelengths, talking about three- to five-year strategy. And this is what he said. Should we now plan to do a Newcastle or Burnley, i.e. plan to go down but straight back up and establish our premiership credentials next time around? Surely we now need a robust three- to five-year strategy for the club rather than knee-jerk reaction. Well, maybe the Khan should take some advice here. Yeah? And uh, it's clear that a couple of fans here want that plan. And, uh, and, I, and I totally agree with it. I mean, I... A yo-yo club is not a bad thing to be. Um, you want to get up and establish yourself eventually, but you've got to do it with a base. And I think, yep. you know, we got we got a, we got away of it with the loans last year because we had to because it was last year, the payments and everything. But if we go down this time, we should be looking at building a much more substantive squad. Um, I think we should be looking at a couple of the youngsters in our in the under-23s as well, and establishing them. And it, it might not be the first year, it might be the second year. Um, but, yeah, we should definitely be looking at um, doing that kind of, uh, that long-term plan. And, yeah, yeah, if you return in the first year, great. But let's not, let's learn from our mistakes. I totally agree, Mike. Let's not go down the half a team full of low knees route, which is, I completely understand why they did it but it left us with a problem this summer. Totally agree, Mike. All right. This is from 
Adrian Hinchcliffe. Are we the new QPR? More money than cents in the summer transfer business and now being lined up for a rumored bunch of Premier League pensioners. Uh, no, I don't see it as like QPR. I think the thing with QPR is um, they way overspent, you know, and, and guess who the manager was. But um, <laughs> uh, Shocker. I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, we got relegated in uh, 2014 because we had a bunch of old pensioners and... Um, you know, that's not going to be the reason we get relegated now. Uh, so, no, I don't see us going uh, like QPR. They had more money than sense and they made lots of mistakes. So uh, I'm not worried about that, uh, that movie at all. Okay. This is from Richard Greenberg. Cardiff perhaps employs a formation that's low risk, low reward. It was good enough last year. might just be good enough this year. To use an investment analogy, Fulham's 433 is like Bitcoin. You might make millions. You might lose your shirt. Cardiff is like holding gold. Boring but stable. Which one you want depends on the environment and your risk tolerance. What are your thoughts on that? Um, is he sort of t- – I'm trying to understand the question in some ways. Um, yeah. I think it's which style of- do you prefer? Which approach? Yeah, I mean, I think fans, if we hadn't spent the 100 million, if we'd come up and, and done what I said earlier, which is, oh, we're spending about 40 million, we're going to stick with uh, Jakanovic's style, um, come what may, you know, and build a, a build a base, then we would have been happy with, the, with the, the same passing style. But we soon saw, didn't we, fans' reactions in, in many ways that, you know, we we have to play a bit quicker, we have to be a bit more solid. So you have to throw this little bit of passing style out. So, um, I mean, I'm always going to be somebody who prefers to see the ball on the floor. I'm, Jukanovic is, uh, not Jukanovic, Claudio is very close to my favourite formation, which is uh, three centre-backs. Yeah. Um, you know, so instead of having three up top, I'd only have two. Uh, but yeah, five three two is my favourite formation so I'm very happy to see that what I'm and I thought in the second half when we started five five three five two three uh we did okay I thought that worked very went, well Mike yeah it did and then we went to a diamond when Tom came on um and and that worked really well as well so you know I think Claudio will revert eventually back to four um because that's what he's used to and especially if he gets uh, a defender in or two that he, that he fancies. Um, but no, I'd rather we were a passing football team. Um, yes, Cardiff have got a better chance than us currently of staying up. I still personally think Cardiff are the team that's going to come down anyway, will go down. So um, they can kick everyone, they can go long, they can play the sportsmanship way that they do under Warnock. But in the end, I still think they're going to go down. So Give me the passing style anytime. I said this, Mike, and I'm going to say it again. You and I talked about this, and I'm not afraid to say it now. I would have stuck with Slavisa and gone down with Slavisa. Uh, I enjoyed the style. I know it wasn't working in the Premier League, but I would have stuck by him. And uh, and I will say that until I'm blue in the face because I love the style, and I would have gone down with Slavisa, and I'm not afraid to say that. All right. Okay, Mike, let's move on. Let's now go to Twitter. We have a decent amount on Twitter for you. I can't give you them all, but I'll just give you some. Let's start with uh, this one. This is an interesting one from Vernon Dandy. Does relegation impact on Riverside stand development? I would hope not. I mean, they're so far down the road now um, that, uh, you know, I have this discussion all the time online. You know, I post something about it or someone says something. And it's like, why do we need it? We're going to go down. We're going to empty. Well, when can, when when do you build the bloody thing? You know, <laughs> when you're in the championship or when you're in the Premier League um, and you close and then you stop getting the big gates. We just got to build it. We, you yep. know, I love Craven Cottage as a ground, but it's old and facilities are not good enough. So I would hope not. It will be a 
it will be a re it was always going to be a big sort of message from Khan if he if we knock that stand down in the summer. Um, I was at a meeting last week uh, with regards moving the season ticket holders there to elsewhere in the ground for next season. So, you know, advanced talks are in place to prepare for next season with a stand no longer there. So, I would hope whatever happens, um, you know, it will start being built this. Uh, this summer, I see no reason to stop it, relegation or not. I totally agree with that. If I can remember correctly, Mike, didn't Wolves continue on with their project after they got relegated? Uh, yes, they did, and it almost bankrupts me. <laughs> <laughs> Bad example then, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Shouldn't have brought that one up. Okay. Let's go to Marty Ward, also on Twitter. If you were in Tony's position, what would you do in regards to recruitment? Would you... Build a team for the championship next season. We've already talked a little bit about it. What are your thoughts about what Marty shared here? Yeah, I've said, I mean, if it was my decision, I would be looking at uh, players who are going to be able to play for me next season. I want to bet them in now. Um, if they help, help us stay up, great. Uh, otherwise, you know, they've been here for four or five months and uh, know the place and they'll be ready to go beginning of August next year or okay. next season. Okay, very good. All right, Mike, this is from Nick Marcus, and uh, I've heard a little bit of uh, messages that have come to me similar to this, so uh, I'm going to share this from Nick. This is what he wrote to both of us. Here's his question. If or when we get relegated after spending more than 100 million pounds on inefficient players, does the transfer process finally change, or will nepotism still take place? No disrespect intended, but it would be too big a failure to ignore should we fail? Well, it, we sort of touched on nepotism earlier on when I was talking, yeah. when we were talking about you know, the chairman and um, and Tony as well. So, I mean, it would be a failure. Uh, the question is who who do they see as the failure, or what contributed to to the relegation? I can still, I will still argue with people about this, but. The vast majority of fans were happy with the, with our signings in before the season. I can and admit I was. Yeah, yeah, I was. You, you, you can go through each one and make a very good argument for the vast majority of them and why they were signed. So it's a it's a very tricky one. It hasn't worked out. We spent all this money. Right. That's the um, bottom line. It hasn't worked. And, um, but I would still keep a a similar process. Uh, I think. Giving a manager 100% control is not the way uh, modern football works, and it shouldn't work. Um, but I go back to the point, I still think he should bring in someone to work alongside him. Okay. Very good. And I agree with that, Mike, and we've already talked about that. Philip Jones tweeted to us, will we see Sess and TC leave if we go down? And if so, to who and what price? That's very interesting. I would say one or potentially both would go if we get relegated. Your thoughts? Yeah, I would expect both to go. Um, I think TC, we could probably get more money in January than we would do in the summer. Um, uh, session on might depend on what contract he signs, whether he signs an extension or not. Um, obviously, Tottenham are the ones who are forever linked with him, but I suspect he might go to Liverpool. Um, and as for Tom, I'm not sure really. Uh, if Newcastle stay up, maybe Newcastle, um, West Ham, along and Myers, but whether they would go for him now, I'm not sure. Okay, very good. We do have some tweets that are similar, so uh, thank you everyone for tweeting to Mike and myself. But we're just going to end with this one from Bart McKay. Here it is, Mike. Who's your best starting eleven for this week? Will Babel be ready to start? Left wing, presumably, or are we more likely to see him as a sub? Ah, well, he's right. He's arrived on Tuesday, so and he's been playing. I mean, he's even been playing with the national team this year as well. So yeah, I know he's he has. A, I know he's a, there is a worry about his injuries. I think if you look on transfer market, he's had two or three injuries this year. Um, I would start him. You know, if he's fit, yeah, absolutely. As for the team. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. But, I, you know, I've been arguing we should go 5-3-2. Um, maybe 
maybe he will. Well, he won't play five three two really. He'll go five two three, and uh, he will play Mitrovic, Babel, and Sess. And Sess, yeah. No, it drops. It drops Sess. So Scherler, uh, Babel, and Mitrovic. Okay. Uh, probably Siri and uh, Chambers in the middle. Um, Sess might play left wing back. You never know. Yep. Um, Christie on the right, and uh, looks like Mawson's going to be out for a while, isn't it? So yeah. probably the, the, the back three is picking itself, unless we sign someone else um, before the end of this week. Mike, that, that has to be one of the most uh, disappointing situations is Alfie Mawson because he was just coming into his own with Fulham and he gets injured again. And then, of course, we had the situation with the uh, beginning of the season. I, I was fearful of that, him coming in injured. Everyone say, oh, no, it's okay. He'll, he'll be fine. And uh, it hasn't worked out that way. And uh, healthy Alfie Mawson would have made a huge difference. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Well, yeah, and no one can give me... It's one of those scratch-your-head things that I have this season is no one can give me an explanation of why he sat on the bench for five games in a row. (laughs) Some people people will turn around and say, well, he was lacking match match fitness. Well, okay, so he's training during the week. He's not going to get fit sat on the bench. If he can only play 10, 20 minutes or whatever, I sort of understand that, but that's usually only for a couple of games you sit on the bench when you're in that situation. Um, so we should have seen him slightly earlier. Yep, um, I agree. Um, and there's only one person you can, you can blame for that. And that is, uh, you know, yeah. he had, he had chances to get him in it quicker. Um, and he didn't take him. So if I was to sit down with Jukanovic and ask him questions about this year, <laughs> that would be one of them. I uh, totally yeah. agree, Mike. That, that was a bloke. puzzling he's, one. He's a yeah. He is a blow, but yes. the important thing um the important thing is we've seen how good he can be. Yes. Or what he can do. And so he will be an asset next season. I, I totally agree regardless. Yes. Yeah. So and, Go ahead. So that's a good buy, isn't it? You know, yes, you know, back, it, yes, in the end, you know, even though I'm complaining about how he came injured, I think if we look over time I think it'll proved to be a very good buy for Fulham, Alfie Moss. And, and uh, I think it's just a matter of time before he establishes himself as, uh, you know, someone that you can really count on. I think he was getting to that point. That's what's so frustrating about Moss. And, and listen, I like Maxime Wimash on. And I, again, I think he has done a decent job, but he's someone that can fill in. But you don't want him starting each and every match. I, I just don't see him that way. He's not at a level of a Moss. And you just, you see the difference. All right, Mike. Fantastic show. I've enjoyed this as always, doing it with you. Any final thoughts before we go? Uh, no. Well, well, yeah, I suppose just let's hope we can, uh, you know, whatever route the ownership is going to take over this month, let's hope we can get a couple more in before the weekend. And, uh, and let's see, you know, if I can be proved wrong and they can get some. I'm sure uh, you would be head. very happy to be proved wrong. Oh, I'll be very happy for that. <laughs> Very happy. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be hard whatever way. But, uh, yeah, let's see, you know. And we were after Babel, what was it, six, seven years ago? So uh, it's all about patience for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, Mike, and you know this because I've told you this several times. I came in as a foam supporter with a great escape. And uh, looking back at it now, I can really appreciate how difficult it was because at the time, I'm thinking, why is everyone panicking in January? I, I didn't get it. But I was new. I was very new to the whole situation. Unfortunately, now I know. And this situation is very difficult. And uh, I understand why you have taken this strong opinion on it because you look at the numbers. You study it very closely. So when you tell me it doesn't look good, I I uh, truly believe that. And that kind of affects how I feel about the situation because I believe in you. I believe in what you tell me. So, uh, but you know, I'll be happy if you were proven wrong, Mike. I'll, I'll end it that way. <laughs> All right. Fanta- fantastic show, my friend. Let's wrap this up for my co-host, Mike Greg. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year. 
We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.